You're listening to Ted Shuttlesworth's Faith Alive Network, spreading the healing gospel of Christ to our world. Thank you, Brother Steve. This is Brother Shuttlesworth, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you're going to be blessed as you listen today. Go with me now into a live service. Mark chapter 11, Jesus taught us something to help us. Now, I don't know about you. I need all the help I can get. I want God to have his way in my life. If I need to be healed, I want to be healed. If I need a breakthrough financially, I want it. Not only that, if you don't want it, I want yours. Amen. I want everything God can do and give to me because I do not believe that it pleases God nor does it glorify God for us to go from one attack to another attack, from one problem to another problem when the Bible teaches the exact opposite. The Bible says we go from victory unto victory. But what do you do when you're not going from victory unto victory? What do you do when you don't go from glory to glory as the scripture says? There's nothing wrong on God's end. Everybody say that out loud. There's nothing wrong on God's end. Why? Because the Bible says that he is the same. He is faithful. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In the book of Malachi, he said, I'm the Lord God. I change not. God has never changed his mind about anything. We heard Sister Houghton exhorting us about the sovereignty of God. But the easiest way to define that is the sovereignty of God means that God does what he wills. Say that with me. God does what he will. But we know the word of God is the will of God revealed. And so if you have the word, that is the sovereign choice of God. Some of our friends in another denomination, they believe that no matter what happens to you, they say, well, God's sovereign, you know, and he does what he wills. And God gets blamed for making children sick and for you losing your job and for the problems that are in the world. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that God has revealed his sovereignty or his will by the word of God. And he said in this scripture, I will honor my word above my name. Can you say amen? God holds great value on his word. And so if you find out what's in the word of God, then you'll find out what God has willed for your life. Can you say amen? For example, the Bible says he's willing, there it is, the will of God. He's willing that none should perish, but that all come to repentance. So God is not willing that anybody be unsaved. Some of these, uh, what we will call new teachers, they believe, well, we have such an extreme grace from God. You don't have to be saved. God's already got you covered. But that's a lie from the devil. Because why would the Bible tell us that we're to preach? the gospel to every creature unless there is a need for conversion. Why would Paul say in the book of Romans that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved. There are things that we have to do to receive the grace of God. It doesn't come automatically but it comes by our choice. Turn to your neighbor and say I choose God if you do. Say I choose God. 
So some people think they can live any old way they want and the grace of God covers it. I went to pray for a lady and she was limping. I said, what are you going to do when God heals your leg? She said, well, I'll be back at the nightclub next Saturday night dancing and doing my thing. She didn't say doing my thing. I just censored it for you that are saved. Amen. I said, you're going to be doing your thing. I said, then I'm not going to pray God heals your leg because your thing may not be God's thing. And she said, you sound like my pastor. Amen. I thank God for her pastor. No, God doesn't heal you so you can go back into sin. God doesn't heal you from liver disease so you can go back and drink all the alcohol you want. God doesn't heal your lungs so you can go back and smoke all the cigarettes you want. You see what I mean? There has to be a coming out from that thing that binds your life. And a lot of times prosperity does not work because of our disobedience to choose the will of God over our will. Getting quiet now. Sing Silent Night, Holy Night. I'll give you a dollar. Amen. And so we need to encourage people. We don't need to uh, dump on folks, young men, young women. You have, this is probably one of the greatest generations we've ever seen. And yet I listen and you hear the voices that speak to the generation telling them they're being robbed of their future and that we need to put everything on hold till we get everything straightened out. Let me tell you something. You'll never be able to straighten out what the politicians have screwed up. I heard a man say the other day, he said, the politicians are so crooked, they got their hands in each other's pockets now. Amen. <laughs> no, we pray for them that have rule over us. Isn't that what the Bible says? But we're not looking to them to bring us the answer that we need. We're looking unto Jesus, the Bible says, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. One time I was preaching in Richmond, Virginia, and this guy came up. He was a drug dealer. He said, why should I get saved? He reached in his pocket. He said, I got more money than probably you got. I said, yeah, but I haven't taken the offering yet, brother. Amen. <laughs> he laughed. You laughed. So if you're preaching, you come to Jesus, he'll give you a pocket full of money. To some people, that doesn't mean a thing. They already have a pocket full of money. If you preach, well, if you come to the Lord, he'll, he'll give you a fancy car. He'll give you a big home. Some people already have that and they don't have Jesus. And so we're robbing people. Let me tell you, this is my personal, I know this is the first service I'm preaching, but I'm going to lay it on the line. We'll find out if you like it. You'll be back tonight or you won't. But I have a hard time when people say, uh, well, the Lord told me to buy this uh, jet. I'll use that as an example. It was a preacher and he gets the jet and then the, he said, the Lord told him, your, your, your faith is getting stagnant. You need to get a jet uh, that it costs more than this jet. And I thought to myself, what if his faith gets stagnant again? What's he going to get an interstellar rocket? <laughs> and here's all God's people. They're listening and believing all this junk. Let me tell you something. Your faith is not based on the size of your bank account. And these people that talk like that, that uh, they literally, they are manipulating the body of Christ for their own gain. The Bible calls them false prophets. It's getting quiet. There are people, I know you're not going to believe this. There's people that stay up at night figuring out how they're going to get what you make tomorrow. And I, I hate to badmouth the IRS, but that's how it is. Amen. <laughs> Even my wife laughed. Now listen, you know you're in the mighty move of God when you get your wife laughing. Hallelujah. 
And so you get tired of this junk. I get tired of a lot of what I see and hear because if it doesn't minister grace to the people, and I'm not talking about some kind of a slick, easy grace where you don't do anything. I'm talking about that once you do take a step towards God, then God releases things according to the word that will lift you from where you're at and put you to where he wants you to be. Amen, Amen. Amen buddy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have you ever wondered why in these meetings, I've thought about it, why is it night after night the deaf are being made to hear, the blind are seeing now like never before? I've been taking those white canes with six inches red and throwing them, amen. They get healed, I go, Moby Dick, and I throw the stick, amen. And uh, two people in the orchestra move. But I'm just talking about there's an increase of God's moving on the earth because we're living uh, in the last of the last days. And God never intended for you to suffer or to go through things uh, through lack, through sickness, through disease, through problems, even though the devil knows his time is short and he's doing everything he can to bring a conclusion to the matter so that Jesus can't come. What am I talking about? The devil would love to destroy all humanity if he could. So there's nothing for Jesus to come for. But while the devil is making the plans to destroy you or to work against your family or to work against your life, there is a mighty Jesus that stands in eternity that is working on a plan to deliver you, to help you, to bring you into salvation, to bring you into deliverance, to bring you into a place where he can bless you in a greater measure. This is not the least of what you're going to have in the sense that, well, I've got no hope for tomorrow, but this is just the beginning of God's increase of faith in your life. Hallelujah. It will get better and better and better for the child of God. You ought to shout before you see it. You ought to praise God before you feel it. You ought to thank God before you know it's yours because faith always has a joyful response. Hallelujah. We thank God that if he brought us this far, he's going to bring us all the way. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Mark chapter 11 verses 22, 23, and 24 we're talking about the gift of faith this week. I don't know how many times I will, but I do know this. The Lord told me in one of the services, I don't know which one, there's going to come a download from heaven into your spirit. Amen. And you'll never be the same again. Amen. We've been praying for this meeting, fasting, seeking God. And I tell you, God's got something powerful for you. Hallelujah. I was preaching in one meeting and I said that. I don't know what night God will do it, but he'll do it. And a man comes down. He was from Tampa. Actually attended Rodney Hart Brown's church. He and his wife. And uh, he was sitting there and I recognized him. I didn't know his name. I said, you're believing for a car. Yes, sir. And the Lord showed me the car. It was a Chrysler. I think it's called, is it called a 300? And it was black with black wheels and everything was black. The Rims, everything. He looked like a gangster car. So I told him what I saw. He said, oh my goodness, my wife and I were looking at that very car today. I said, it's yours. Next time I saw him, he was driving it. Are you hearing me? Because he was there the night that God downloaded by the vision, the car or the provision that he had need of. Does God care whether you drive a Chrysler 300 or whether you drive a Passat? He could care less. He just wants you to be blessed. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. I don't care if you got a bicycle that's got a hump in one of the tires and you go down the road and 
you feel like you're on an exercise machine, whatever your desire is, God can give you the desires of your heart. But you see, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then shall all these things be added unto you. The problem is, in many places, the people are seeking the things before they're seeking God. But if we put God first, he'll put food on your table. He'll put clothes on your back. He'll make a way when it looks like there is no way. He'll heal you when you're sick. Our neighbor, Debbie, that lives next to us where we're from, she was a nurse and they found three cancerous tumors in the wall of her chest and she was given up to die. She had just about a week to live. She tried everything that they offered, went to Philadelphia for an experimental drug, went to Cleveland Clinic for another kind of drug and they said, no, you're going to die. And my neighbor came to my wife and said, did you know your neighbor Debbie's dying of cancer? We didn't know that. And uh, my wife said, I'll tell my husband. He can pray. And so the Lord said to me, begin to fast and pray for her total healing. I went upstairs. I laid on the floor, on the second floor. I laid down on the floor and began to thank God for healing her of cancer. And the Lord began to deal with me about how to get her set free. You see, there's nothing that can happen to you that God doesn't have an answer for. He has a way out of it. You just got to seek his face till you get it. Are you listening to me? Any minister of the gospel, whether it's myself or our dear pastors, it is our job to seek God and believe with you. The power of agreement. If any two shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them by our Father, which is in heaven. You're only one prayer away from a miracle. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And as I prayed, the Lord showed me what to do. Years ago, how many remember Oral Roberts? He was a great healing evangelist. And uh, as I was talking to him, he said, did you know cancer is caused by a spirit? I said, no, sir. He said, doctors will tell you it's like cancer has its own life. It'll spread. It multiplies. I said, I never knew that. Now, I've prayed for some of you. You know that when I pray, I believe God's going to touch you at that moment. But there is a specific way we can pray for certain things. Do you believe that? When the power of God comes, when the power of God comes on you, it is God saying, I am honoring your faith. Every time you feel the mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's God affirming he honors you. And he honors your faith. So many times we feel like God is so far from us. And that he's distant. But when the anointing comes, what he's saying is, I'm right by your side. And I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. So I begin to see how to pray for Debbie Staley. That, was her, that is her name. One day I see her pulling out of her house. And I'm on the tractor. I'm cutting my mother's, the fields there, the, my mother's yard, mine, so forth. And I feel the Holy Ghost said, go now. I jumped off the tractor. Now the tractor kept going for a little bit, but it had a kill switch in the seat. You know, that's a wonderful feeling to see a tractor with no one on it, just still cutting grass. <laughs> I robot, hallelujah. And I ran up the field and I ran up onto the road and I put my hand up and stopped. And she lowered the window. She said, yes. I said, can I have one minute of your time? Yes. I said, I'm going to set you free from cancer. Then you can go. And before she said a thing, I prayed like Oral Roberts showed us to pray 
for people that had cancer. I bound it, cast it into the deep, commanded the spirit of infirmity that gave life to the cancer to go from her body and commanded her to be healed. I said, that's it, Debbie, you're healed. And I went back into my yard. She told my wife and others later, she said, when he prayed that, all the pain went out of my body. Completely gone. Every bit of the pain went out of her body. She said, I was driving to watch my granddaughter play softball at a field and thought, my goodness, I have no pain. She's never been to church, never heard the gospel, doesn't know anything. Many of you, if you've even been in church two weeks, you know more than she knew. So you see, these blessings come not because of our knowledge, but because of God's faithfulness. Are you still with me? God is faithful. There's a young man watching me up on the balcony. I see you got a nice shirt on. That looks good, brother. I can't read the words, but I'm hoping they're good words. Hallelujah. (laughs) Sort of dreadlocks. When I used to live in Jamaica, they used to call them dreads. You look good. If I had that in my chair, I wouldn't speak to you. I'd be stuck up. Amen. (laughs) Stand up on your feet. The power of God's on you right now, son. Lift your hands to the Lord and God's going to heal you. In your bloodstream and in your body, there's an infection that has bothered you off and on in the last while. You know about it, don't you? Wave your hand and say, yes, brother, that's true. See that, you Baptist folks? It's true. I set you free from that virus in the name of Jesus Christ. I command your blood to be healed now from this day forward. You shall not carry it any longer. When you get your next checkup, you'll find that you are made whole by the power of God. If you receive it, son, wave both your hands to heaven. God sees it. That's true, isn't it? Amen. I know it was. Love you. <laughs> Don't go home. I got more to say. Amen. That'll help you keep it. Glory to God. How many know there's a miracle either coming at you or going by you right now in this auditorium? Everywhere you are, God is moving by his spirit. Well, Sister Debbie went back. She's a nurse for her checkup. And they couldn't find one of the three tumors in her chest wall. The liver that was beginning to be infected by cancer, completely clear. And God healed her completely of all cancer. Though she was given just days left to live and hospice was coming, the Lord set her free. Can you say amen? And when I left to come on this road trip, she waved at me while she was cutting her grass on her tractor. Are you hearing me? God can do anything but fail. Everybody say God can do anything but fail. I want to thank every one of you that are listening to Faith Alive Radio Network. I'm excited about this and I am looking for people to stand with us on a monthly basis as partners to help us take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. I've used this saying for many years, our cause is Christ. Our compassion is for souls and our commitment is to the world. And no matter what nation of the world that you're listening to this Faith Alive Network, whatever nation you're in, you are a part of God's end time plan. Jesus taught us to go out into the highways and hedges and to compel people to come in. And by your support as a partner, you can help us do this. If you'll go to www.tedshuttlesworth.com forward slash give, you can sow a gift today.
to help us.